Hey, I'm Danny Belvin. And I'm Danica Brown. And we're biracial unicorns. And our beauty secret is sarcasm. It's true. <laughs> it just keeps, keeps you young. young. Like way young. <laughs> young and beautiful. Mm, and bitter. But uh, <laughs> I don't, I, I'm enjoy. I, I think we both enjoy being very sarcastic. And I think sarcasm translates really well through a podcast. Yeah, much better than in writing. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> so I have a problem just generally in my life where mm. oftentimes friends are like, they don't know if I'm being sarcastic <gasps> or sincere. Girl, same. Oh, well, I mean, that's on them. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I don't come, I don't have the, the energy to, to translate for you. And yeah, I didn't, I don't come with a translator, but what can you do? <laughs> We're also really popular and have a lot of friends. All the friends. So popular. All if this is a friends. popularity contest, we're definitely winning. Obviously. <laughs> That's why we had to do this with, with someone who's like an ocean away. I'm like, who will do a podcast with me? <laughs> who do I know? No, who do I know? No one on this continent. <laughs> totally. Perfect. That, that went way deeper than it was really supposed to. <laughs> and we kind of moved away from what could have been a nice segue into this week's topic so i'm going to just artificially push us back in that in that realm because this week we're talking about the beauty industry and mm. beauty standards mm. it's the one you've all been waiting for yeah and i'm sure i'm sure men are really into this obviously so gentlemen Mm-hmm. This is for you. It's not for you. <laughs> but you should still listen. I think so. I actually was thinking about how can we make this. I'm like, oh, how can we make this applicable to guys? How can we make guys care? I don't know. Half the world is women. Maybe you should care. So there you go. <laughs> That's what I, I was. I was actually legitimately really, really worried. I was looking at some male body positivity Instagrams, which they're great for it awesome but the same token i'm just like maybe you should just care because you were birthed from a woman you might have sisters cousins friends teachers like half the world is women just care it won't cost you anything here's my secret is i don't Mm. care if men don't (laughs) care (laughs) and that's why your skin is flawless (laughs) obviously but no, okay. No, so of you, course, what of is course your... I care. I care about yeah. people, but yeah. Yeah. Sorry, so, I didn't mean to yeah. interrupt. Go ahead. No, because actually, no, no, I really want to know what your beauty secrets are. Do you have like a beauty routine? Because I don't oh. see pictures of you with tons Girl. of makeup. Girl. Yeah. I, I'm not big on makeup and I'm not big on a good beauty routine either. <laughs> What? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm kind of the worst. I saw a meme and I feel like this is rapidly turned into the podcast where Danny discusses memes that apply to her life. <laughs> but Girl, I am for it. So yeah, I saw a meme that was like, I really want to be a girl who washes her face on the regular and eats vegetables and smells nice, but I'm just kind of a dumpster fire. so i feel like that describes me i would love to be a person who smells nice and washes my face every day but i'm not so there's that yeah i mean i'll wear makeup on occasion but only back to the eyebrows i put some stuff on my eyebrows i rub some black shit around my eyes and maybe wear some <laughs> lipstick. And you hope for the best. <laughs> and hope for the best. That's my makeup routine that mm. is not routine. That happens maybe a couple times a week. Mm. Yeah, I've, I've never been big on makeup. I own makeup. And you'll feel this for sure. I have foundation, but only for being in place. <laughs> That's the so only much. time. The only time I'll wear like foundation or stuff on my face. I have very sensitive skin. Um, Mm. And I'm very, very prone to acne. So I just 
would rather not put stuff on my face. Mm, and you don't have to. Mm, I don't know if that's true, but <laughs> I don't. And I, and I exude the confidence that I don't care. So so there's that. What's mm. your beauty routine, Damika? <laughs> I was, you know, I should probably have one. Everyone's like, black doesn't crack. I'm like, but I'm half. And so I'm very concerned (laughs) about that other half. It's like, which half is it? Yes, I don't know. So kind of the same thing with you, you know, because my mom didn't really wear, she sold Avon, but she didn't wear, I don't know. Did every mom in like the 80s and 90s sell Avon? My mom did not, but. Did she not? No, she didn't. And my mom definitely wears Oh, this sounds like really rude. Sorry. My mom wears makeup and has like <laughs> more. She more definitely of a wears makeup. Yeah. The way that is not how I meant the shade. it. But, but it she's totally like, was a little shady. Is not what I meant. But like she has like really established beauty routine for sure. Like Aww, she takes really good classy. care of her herself and her skin and her hair. Where I'm like, maybe I washed my hair last week Mm, i mean she doesn't wash her hair every day because once again that ethnic hair which she did not pass on to me but she has ethnic hair so (laughs) she she cannot be washing her hair every day no this is the truth no i you know so my mom did sell it and she would like let us play with the samples so on top of them just being wildly the wrong color i just didn't know what to do and, and then i got into theater And of course, you know, I made every mistake possible. I had to have like a guy show me how to put on mascara. I was just absolutely lost. But then I started getting into it. And I, you know, I love the fact that you can transform yourself. So then I started doing makeup for like special effects. Still not regular everyday makeup. Mm. And it got to the point where I was just, I liked the idea, but I just had no skill. I didn't really have anyone to show me and don't, we'll, we'll get into like actually finding stuff that matches your skin. And then I'm also really cheap. Like I'm so cheap. I'm like, should I buy this foundation or should I go get like five bean burritos? Like and don't girl, make makeup me is choose. expensive. It's so, ex- especially if you want to get, like you said, like for me, same thing with like um, skin. I have some scars on my face. I'm a little self-conscious about it. Uh, did I even t- I got mugged in New Mexico. Yeah. And, yeah. and ever since then, I've always been like really self-conscious. And so I'm always like, I need like good stuff. But it's so, inc- I wake, like I would go into Sephora. I'm like, I'm getting charged for air. I can't be here. It's so beautiful and so expensive. But yeah, I don't know. I, as I started getting like older and like YouTube being more popular, that probably changed the game because there's a lot of people there who just would, it's like free classes. And yeah, I started really getting into it. And I, it got to the point where I'm like, you know what? I actually really do enjoy it and kind of started getting into it and built up my collection ever so slightly. I'm still working on the whole cleaning it off part. Oh, Not great. Yeah. Not great. Also, my, I never ugh. clean my makeup Mm-mm. brushes. I don't Oh, same. I don't know the They're so <laughs> gross. I'm so embarrassed, but that's just life. And then after I had my daughter, I don't have a vanity. I have like my makeup in a toe and I'll just do my makeup wherever, like living room, office. It's just wherever there's a window. Like I just, wherever she's playing, I'm like, uh, I guess today's the day. Cheekbones today. I love it. But yeah, I'm still, I'm working on it. I'm trying to introduce that SPF. Mm. Like you need to get that in no matter where, even if you live in England and yeah, hair it's girl. That's a whole other episode. Just know that I'm trying. And if you're praying people, you should lift up some prayers for my hair because I'm trying. Mm. (laughs) I think the main struggle for us is just even finding product that will work. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's really not a lot of variety of shades and things that work well with the wide range of skin tones that human beings have. Um, I know. It's very narrow in terms of makeup that's available for light skin, very light skin, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> even today. But I feel like I feel like it's changing, perhaps. Mm-hmm. 
I I it don't is. really know. It's it's so funny because, like I said, my favorite thing to do is to, to watch <clears throat> like YouTube or Instagram tutorials because there are some really beautiful people out there who have mm. a lot of knowledge about makeup. But really, the real hot topic is inclusiveness with makeup and making sure there is a lot of shades. Was it Rihanna released out her makeup line? Gosh, was it a year ago now? I can't. Oh, right. Gonna, right. Yeah. I remember she, hearing something about that. Yeah. I can't even remember, but she actually got a lot of praise because she had over, like she had 40 shades and was about to release more as well. For that to be, I mean, people were just praising her and saying about how many beautiful, deep and warm tones she has mm. and comparing it to other brands that were a lot more established. It doesn't seem like it's that important, but let me tell you, like if you are a person of color. There's something about the whole experience about going to, especially like your local drugstore. If you're not going to go to like a Mac, if you're just going and you just, you want to go there and you want to see all the beautiful colors and the packaging and you just want to go and have that feeling of everybody else and know you're going to buy something that's going to match you and make you feel good. And when you go and you just realize it's a struggle and you have to sit there through the three shades of brown that... Right all makeup company has you unless you've been in that place you don't realize how it really makes you feel alone it makes me think of also just this idea of nude being a peach color <laughs> not just with makeup but underwear or clothes mm. will i never find a nude bra in my skin tone oh girl Mm-hmm. It's just impossible. It, it, but you know, that's actually funny that you mention it because I was thinking about like makeup trends, the nude lip. And they, mm. there was like Buzz, BuzzFeed actually had this cheeky video about women of color trying to do the nude lip trend. Right. And they're like, yeah. So they would put out all the colors of lipstick that would be like, these are nude color lipsticks. And they're like, yeah, no, that's not a nude for me. And same thing with like bras and underwear. Nail and, polish. Uh, Nail polish. That yeah, was oh. a trend for a while too. Oh, definitely. I have not found my nude nail polish. Girl. And I think that should be the name of our first album. I can't find my nude. <laughs> I love it. But it's true. Even like um, contouring, face contouring, everyone's doing it. It's a whole thing. Highlighters, a whole thing. All these things are actually kind of like counterproductive to what uh, ethnic face looks like. Face contouring, for those who don't know, is when you use different shades of foundation and highlighters of a dark and a light to try to sculpt your face to where you will have a thinner nose and higher brows and pronounced cheekbones and hitting the light on your chin and other features to make your face look slimmer and tighter and cuter and petite, which I'm not against. I It's a it's an art form. I think it's really beautiful. But they're saying in order to enhance your beauty, you need to thin your nose. You need to elongate your mm. face. You need yeah. to... Do you know what I mean? Kind of reach these standards that are taught to us as what is beautiful. And unfortunately, it's a very narrow view of what's beautiful. All American beauty, right, is yeah. like a, a blonde, blue-eyed, thin white woman. And so for those of us who have round, different shaped nose or <laughs> different shaped lips or my my cheekbones are not like... <laughs> I don't know. It's just like, so we're, we're told we need paint our face to look more this way. I don't, it's so narrow and it makes me so sad, <laughs> but I, but also like, I don't want to be throwing shade at women who do do contouring and it's, it's really amazing what people can do with makeup and oh my really gosh. change the way their face Girl. looks. It blows my mind. I just can't. I can't. So with some of these, like, have you seen those Karma Karma is a Bitch videos? No. Like, they'll have it. I guess it's really popular in more Eastern countries. And mm. I the origins, I think, are from, uh, is it Riverdale? Anyway, it is so pop culture e that it is beyond my age and my skill level but anyway people will say this they'll kind of be in sweats or whatever and they're just like oh well karma's a bitch and they'll throw up like a blanket over the 
camera or whatever and it will be a quick flash and it'll be them completely decked out i mean absolutely stunning and i i just can't i i really do think it's an art form and i think there's nothing actually wrong with being blonde and blue-eyed and thin and white but the thing is when you're trying to tell me through these actions through the lack of shades through face contouring and what it's trying to achieve. You're trying to tell me that even though I'm supposed to be like, no, be you, but just be a slightly better you. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's impossible. Right. And I don't think it's, it's any secret that pretty much all of us are fucked up. (laughs) All women are fucked up because of what we've been (laughs) exposed to through all of that. We're all striving, whether it be consciously or unconsciously, to meet these beauty standards that are just completely unrealistic for the majority of us, like regardless of race, right? Even just putting race aside. We're not all going to look this way. And it's all comes back to marketing. So many of these Mm -hmm. weird beauty standard things are marketing. And it's just so companies can sell products. It's not real. Yeah. No, they're selling you a dream, a dream that you shouldn't be dreaming. And like I said, there is there's nothing wrong with the industry itself. It's just when you should be aware that the end of the day, that they are trying to sell you something you could never achieve because mm. if they did, they'd be out of business. Girl, what? All right, R- real talk. I really wish someone would have told twelve-year-old Demika that the pictures I see of women of any race, really, and in their hair, because hair was a big deal for me. That's not their real hair, and I know it sounds silly right. now as a grown woman. But as a you know, as a grown woman, I can look back. I'm like weaves, weaves galore. But me, I thought I had a hair growing deficiency. I'm like, why is it my hair growing? Especially as a mixed woman, I'm supposed to be able to grow my hair fast and luxuriously and full of volume and bounce. And I'm like, oh my gosh, am I like kid powder? Saw my hair falling out. Why? Why won't it grow? Recently, me and my best friend, my female best friend, blew my husband's mind with that. (laughs) That like, no, all the women, all the women on TV, all the women in marketing, that is not their hair. (laughs) That is not not their hair. hair. And he was like, wait, what? (laughs) He didn't have no idea. And I'm like, yeah, our hair is not that thick because... We just have our natural hair right now. Mm-hmm. I cannot achieve that level of beautiful hair on my own. <laughs> no. And I have. I don't think there's anything wrong with you getting help from your weave friends. Ask the weave fairy. Once again, no shade to that. But when it's projected as like, oh, no, this is real. This is factual. I actually love the fact that there have been a lot of women who will totally clap back of being like oh no that was photoshop oh no don't do that Uh uh-uh that wasn't true there's been a little bit of a a buzz of women especially what will show them getting ready for award shows Mm. and you'll get the full before yeah i actually i like really respect i love it dark circles no hair patchy skin i really respect that and they show like the process of them getting in, you know, to basically, you know, ready for battle. It's armor, really. And I I have so much respect for that because I have no problem with you wearing makeup. It's just when it's perceived as reality. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Especially in, in this place where it, it's not being inclusive. When you're when you're telling me that you're not going to provide, you know, shades and 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 product and you're going to give me this fake hair, you're you're going to tell me that I don't matter that all black women look alike where these shades and we have these weaves and your hair should look like this. And your very narrow view of what beauty could be. It's really depressing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's the psychological, but then there's also the physical dangers that go along with mm-hmm. it. Right. Exactly. All of the surgeries and once again, if that's the way someone chooses to spend their money, live their life, I'm all about making yourself 
the version of yourself you want to be mm-hmm. by all means. And if if you find that a worthwhile investment of time and money and, and energy, you're not hurting anyone. I don't care. But it's when yeah. I, my problem with it is when women are doing it out of not out of empowering themselves, but rather out of not feeling enough. There's two sides to that coin. And so mm-hmm. that's what scares me about those surgeries and what have you. But then there's also, you know, eating disorders are real. Mm-hmm. There's so many, so many people fall it's into so that. Ask the women <laughs> in your life. It's guaranteed, mm-hmm. you know, several women who have struggled with eating disorders. Those unrealistic standards that we can't live up to it's so sad it's ridiculous i'm a fairly small person Mm -hmm. i'm not like tiny i wouldn't describe myself as tiny i'm not tall and i am a small framed person to reach the female ideal bmi just based on on weight i would have to lose 20 pounds Good heavens. And I'm not a big person. No, you're very slender. Yeah. And I would still have to lose 20 pounds. So. (laughs) Girl, we're going to have to talk about that in in a whole other thing. Because like I said, as a big girl, has always been a big girl. Like that in itself has been an ultimate struggle. Um, Yeah, it's, it's disgusting. It really is. I would have to lose 20 pounds and somehow not lose any of it from my boobs, which is impossible. (laughs) Like, how how would that happen? Who are you telling? Oh, um, magic. (laughs) Surgery. Surgery is how that could happen. Yeah. It's crazy. I was actually in college. I, I, um, I was, I did plus size modeling. And let me tell you, I, um, actually, cause I've been clearing out my house cause I have family coming. So I'm like, you know, you're wrestling in back through photos or whatever. And I'm looking at some of these photos. A, they're at probably the smallest I ever was. And I was still considered a plus size model. And I just remember being like, I might have been a size 10, 12, maybe. Mm. And I remember like going there and they're just like, oh, we kind of like your look. But they're like, for a mixed person, my eyes were too dark. Normally people who are mixed have lighter eyes. Um could you do this with your hair? Have you considered straightening it? Of course, that's always one of my favorite conversations yeah. because we don't have enough beautiful women chemically straightening your hair, which once again, if you feel empowered by it, go for it. You feel pressured. That's the problem. But even then, I remember sitting there with someone being like, you know what? I think you have a really cute look. We think there's a wholesomeness about you, but I'm only 5'3". They're like, you're too short to do anything high end. I'm like, I literally can't change that. I could try. And then they actually were sitting there talking about, and you are actually quite small on top. Have you thought about getting, they said adjusted. They used the word adjusted. I'm like, I'm like maybe 21 at the time. They're like, have you thought about getting adjusted? I'm like, I, I have not. Yeah, that's weird. No, it no, it was really weird. They asked me if I ever and the, the thing is I look at those photos now and I'm like I can see like my collarbone. I I'm just to me I have no shape. I'm just up and that's one of the smallest I've ever been and I was still getting gigs as like plus size model and that to this day still blows my mind. But I just it breaks my heart when I just see the amount and I mean you can look it up anywhere of just the, they have whole shows about people getting plastic surgery and the the addiction that it's becoming. And I, um, I'm i seeing more and more beautiful women of color getting things nipped and tucked and lightened and sewn and peeled in order to fit into this, this, this category of beauty. And even on the small scale, we talked about you might just ask if people with eating disorders, even just a bad relationship with food. There, There's a shame in the cellulite, man. God, and, and let's it's, be it's real. real. Like, I feel like pretty much all of us have a bad relationship with food, right? Am I projecting too much mm-hmm. here? But Oh, no, no, no. Maybe that I've like, maybe maybe because I have a bad attitude that people actually have a well, good, balanced relationship with food. Like, I'm actually quite insanely jealous. I'm like, what is that like? Because me and tortillas have a very tawdry affair and i really want to know how to get that under wraps so i don't know project away yeah because i'm agreeing with you yeah but i don't know i 
I think not only are we held to the standards of society, but I think as people of color, we're also held to different standards, whether it be within society. So it's we're, we're trying to match up all these different standards. So it's this is ideal woman beauty, but then this is ideal black woman beauty. And this is ideal Latina woman beauty. There's all these different mm-hmm. different levels and and. It was um, an episode of the Code Switch podcast that I listened to not too long ago. Mm-hmm. So shout out to NPR, one of my favorites. But they talked about beauty standards with these Latina women was super, like it, it super hit home with me because they were talking about mm-hmm. this pressure to be slim thick or you know skinny curvy. Mm-hmm. Not only are we supposed to be skinny, but we're also supposed to have curves once you start to get skinny your curves get smaller too because it's proportional as much as i would love to just lose my belly that's not the way the world works that's not the way my body will work so we're expected to meet this beauty standard that is both curvy and exotic but also skinny Mm -hmm. with a flat stomach and a small waist and it's just unrealistic for a lot of people but on the other hand i will never be waif white girl skinny my hips are too wide my shoulders are too narrow big thighs relative to my body (laughs) but you know like and they're covered in stretch marks and that's how they've been since I'm 16 you know like that's just how Mm -hmm. I'll look regardless of the size that I am we have that pressure to look we totally a certain do. way an ideal for yeah and then as you know mixed race people it's like well which body type am i supposed to look like and i'm a mix so it's not really gonna fit any any of them no i completely agree i, I mean especially like i love like the the skinny curvy slim slim thick because i feel that the same way within um the black community as well and let me tell you instagram is killing us by the way I'm sorry, I am not wearing a waist trainer in hopes that I can be, do you know what I'm saying? Totally. Like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And the thing is, like, once again, we're trying to achieve a body type that is most of the time achieved by surgery. Now, I'm going to tell you, there are those beautiful unicorns out there that were just born in this shape. And you know what? Give it up put it all out there. You know what? You have worked really hard because for a long time, curves were not celebrated. But now we have taken it too damn far, everybody. I cannot be a size 20 on the bottom and a size four around my waist. That is a beautiful Frankenstein. And I can't keep up with that. But I I do feel that so much within the, the black community. It just feels like I can never truly, truly be enough. And even within that, you even talked about like there is a certain standard of beauty of a, of a colored woman. But I think we talked about this before in appropriation episode. We're just being mixed. You're already going to get a stigma within your own community. Mm. And we're already seen as the enemy. I was watching um, a TED talk of this beautiful model who was dark skin talking about when she would go into these interviews and they would ask, oh, you're so beautiful. You must be mixed. And the way she said it, I could hear the pain. I could hear it. And I understood it. And I did. I had to check my heart because at one end, I do want to be like, but I'm not that person. I People don't think I'm beautiful enough either. But the same token, it's one of those things of checking your own privilege because we all have it right. in some form. It's like but some when, Gattaca movie, shit. Yeah. You know that movie Gattaca? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> in Gattaca, it's genetic engineering. Mm-hmm. The parents can really pick and choose the traits in their child. And so I think being mixed race, there's that extra pressure for that. Oh, you're the most ideal mix of all of your races. But who is? Mm-hmm. Nobody chose yeah. their genetic makeup. No, we're rolling the dice and we're hoping we don't crap out. But it's just it's it's just one of those things where it's just even within your own community. I want so much to say, you know, I am a beautiful black woman. Um, the movement of like, you know, black girl magic and black is beautiful is so strong. I mean, it's really coming out and it is so exciting. And I don't want to battle about good hair, good hair or bad hair. And I, I don't want to, you know, have a fight about skin tone. I want us to work together. But I 
it makes it so difficult when society keeps pushing these views of beauty and we're starting to kind of get recognition in women in in media in film in the beauty industry that are mixed and it's creating tension within the own community and i think that's one of those things we have to start speaking louder being like yes these women are beautiful but you can't forget about the shades of all of this beauty mm. and i think i think us as women of color in the community we can't let that separate us. Right. I think it's, you know, we, we, we can't do that. Like women who are darker, I'm with you. I am for you. I I think you're amazing. And I think you are beautiful. And I share in similar pain as you. Like, let's let's stay, let's stay grounded and stay together with a loud voice saying, no, 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 no. This is what be- beauty really is. Do you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So it's a, uh, it's heartbreaking. Of course, there's the larger societal things and, you know, the the trickling that happens because of that. Do you encounter any, like, pressure within your family to look a certain way? Um, No, I think, once again, like I said, hair is a big deal. When I was younger, I I guess maybe up to a couple years ago, even, guilty as charged, I would straighten and color my hair, which I like coloring my hair. I don't do it as much because, you know, it dries out the hair. But um, I used to want to straighten, and I think it would really frustrate my mom mm-hmm. because she's like, "You have beautiful hair. So many people would pay to have your hair." Because once she has, she's she's white. She's got really straight hair, and um, you know, she's like, "People would pay so much money to have it." And I didn't want to hear any of that because I wanted to look like everybody else. I wanted bangs, Danny. I wanted bangs. I love bangs, <laughs> as, as you know. Like I've always, had I, I know, I love them. I know. And I've always wanted them and I have still never had them. I've never had bangs because I'm too scared to cut my curly hair. I love a good curly bang, but man, does it seem like a lot of work. It is a lot of work. And I'm honestly, I'm terrified because once again, the hair growing thing. But I don't know. I I have seen where other folks have felt a lot more pressure. I think there's some um, families where weight is really important. I know like in the South, if you're almost too thin, they get very suspicious of you. And so to be a bit bigger, maybe even borderline slightly unhealthy, um, you know, does that make sense? Like no one wants a skinny wife. No one wants a skinny woman. It's just different. It's different culturally kind of like where you are in those complexities. But I don't know. I mean, have you, have you had family pressures? I feel like my appearance and my weight are often topics of conversation. Mm. And I think, I think, yeah, like the weight thing, I don't know if it's just like the way people relate to each other, but it's always like one of the first comments is like how I look within my mm. family. And so it it's kind of uncomfortable. And then like, you know, you're, you're told you're too skinny, like you should eat more or you're told, oh, you've put on mm. some weight. But then it's like, there's this pressure of... <laughs> Within within my culture, if you're not eating the food that is given to you, it's like really disrespectful. And if you're not eating a yeah, lot, totally. it's really disrespectful. And so it's there's this pressure. Yes. I'm praised for being skinny or I'm like called out for putting on weight. But then like if I'm not eating mountains of food at a gathering, I'm being called out for that. And then it's disrespectful and like as we know my my culture's food is not the healthiest food (laughs) what yeah uh so i'm I'm supposed to eat all these foods (laughs) and like somehow not gain weight i don't know it's Mm -hmm. like a a weird a weird place to occupy and like Mm. i mean it's not it's little it's it's those microaggressions right it's nothing like yeah large and people don't mean like ill intent behind it but the continual mm-hmm. microaggressions of like your whole life and i've always been kind of on the smaller side as a child i was i was <laughs> very very skinny like really skinny and um up through adolescence and so I think there's also that expectation in my family that I be skinny and um, forever. forever. And, and, you know, and because societal skinny is attractive. So it's like, how dare you gain weight and become less attractive? <laughs> and like no one's, but you still need to have that ass oh, at the end right? of the day. And like, 
I have wide hips, but I don't think I have like a big ass. So there's that too. I'm like, I have a kind of a bony I butt know. and <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the trials of a bony right? bottom. But I've actually, but that's what's strange. I mean, we talked about before, like the standard of beauty being, you know, a thin white girl. I know you're going to disagree with me. I'm actually starting to feel bad, slightly bad for, for slender white women, because even that, you even talked about being white girl thin. I don't even think white girls can be white girl thin mm-hmm. anymore. I, I think we, we really have concocted because now you need to be able to have thicker texture hair because how else are you supposed to have your Kim K braids? Don't get me started. And you also need to have a nice kind of, you know, a tan that makes you look exotic, but not too right. exotic. You need to have a slender face with a thin nose, but incredibly full lips right do you know what i mean once again tiny waist i mean we are supposed to look like some exotic doll and i i feel it for women in general i'm mean, yeah, like yeah. i said i we feel more emphasis of this but women in general i'm just like girls i women ladies warriors we need to relax like we need to start taking that as like art like that's oh that's a nice piece of art that is fiction. And then we're also preoccupied with with numbers, right? Like the weight. Mm-hmm. That number is really important or you know the size of clothes, like that number is really important instead yeah. of recognizing industrial clothing is a, such a fucking joke anyway. How does anybody find anything <laughs> off the rack that fits them nicely? You know? So it, those numbers yeah. are all myths anyway. And not to mention that women's sizing is is so all over the place and there's no real standard. I had a pair of shorts. They were the same shorts in three different colors and they were three different sizes and they all fit exactly the same. And I'm like, this is not, there is no standardization even within a single company (laughs) on sizing. So, and yet Mm -hmm. our worth is like so tied up in these numbers. And I've heard girls who I know are pretty slender, very preoccupied with, oh, I should lose like five pounds or like, you know, like, like it matters. Like that number matters. And I'm as guilty of this as everyone else. Um. I'm not like saying I'm above <laughs> all this, but it's just so ridiculous. Well, it really is, especially, um, but I guess like uh, the only number people should be really worried about is your blood pressure. Mm. Um, but, but it, it but it, I mean, I say that jokingly, but it is really hard. Cause like I said, I have always been a little bit of a bigger girl and it does affect how people treat you. I mean, I've, I've been told that, Oh, you know, big girls always have prettier faces in the dating scene of just like, I've never been with a bigger girl. Like that's not, if if a guy says I've never been with a big girl on a first date, leave, order dessert, take it with you and then leave. (laughs) Like just, just go. And, um, just knowing you're going to walk into a store and know you're probably not going to find anything. And if you are, it's, it's going to be hideous. And knowing that you're going to have to probably pay at least three to four dollars extra for the same pair of jeans that someone smaller than you has to wear know that when you sit down somewhere people want to scoot away from you because there's a stigma yeah it and it's not just weight it's beauty Mm -hmm. privilege also which i feel like perhaps isn't talked about as much people are nicer to people who they perceive as beautiful the fact is how do we decide what is beautiful and it's what we're exposed to and like kind of what society feeds us. So people are going to be more friendly to those people. People who are seen as beautiful make more money on average, or they're more likely to get hired for a job. Yeah, exactly. Beauty privilege is a real thing. And that's part of the reason why it really matters what the beauty industry is feeding us, what these beauty standards are for women I'm not saying that it doesn't exist for men because it does. But I think for Mm -hmm. women, a lot of our power is tied up in how how beautiful we are. I I think so. Well, well, I think it's like you said, it's all about how you are treated and and perceived and the opportunities that you're allotted. Um, But I also think it matters because it's it's really reclaiming their humanity and dignity, especially with women of color. Uh, Yeah. For so long, so many women of color have been told that we have to 
hide from, you know, the wrapping of, you know, black women's hair to the chopping of Native Americans' ponytails. Like that was so important of our appearances claiming where we're from and who we are. And throughout history, it has been used to, to cover up. Like if we, if we tell you that straightening the hair for women with textured hair is popular, this will take away part of who you are. And short hair, we need you to color this hair. We don't need it to be so dark. We're, we're, we're telling you to lose some of yourself in order to, you know, kind of be mainstream. But now we're telling you we get to reclaim it. We get to say, yeah, wear your hair natural because you're still going to be able to get the job that everyone mm. else is. Do you know what I mean? Go ahead and have beads and big braids and be able to wrap your hair and tie it because you're still going to get treated like everybody else because that is a beauty that we have not allowed ourselves to enjoy. That's what's just so exciting right now with the different body positivity movements and 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 people on on Instagram showing cellulite and us standing by people who are different. I love that. It's only been recently and shame on me that I realized that stretch marks were like totally normal. <laughs> like because I feel mm-hmm, like they're always girl. photoshopped out. You never mm-hmm. see women in media with stretch marks, right? And it's always like they bothered me more when I was younger and rubbing cocoa butter on them and all this stuff that doesn't work. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and but girl, don't you talk bad about my no, cocoa, cocoa butter? Cocoa butter's great, but it's not like a magic <laughs> cure all that's gonna take away my, my stretch marks. No, no, you no, know? no, no, no. It's it's been done. The damage is yeah, been and, done. Yeah, and that's the thing too, is like darker skin toned women are more likely to get stretch marks and for them to be like discolored. And so like it was just not a thing that I realized was a normal thing for a long time in my life and I'm like I wish I could go back in time and tell like my younger Mm -hmm. self one no one has ever noticed your stretch marks except you (laughs) two they're not unusual or weird it's funny the things we put on ourselves it, it is crazy I know we both talked about like going back and talking to our younger selves but I think that's just one of the things of like we can tell women now like you, you can embrace the body. Like, let's talk about health. I rather us talk about health as much as we talk about mm. beauty. Do you know what I mean? I want to tell women of just like, especially of size, been like, how do you feel? Not like I feel fat. No. How do you feel? Do you feel tired? Do you feel strong? Do you feel healthy? Then go with that. Because I really wish someone would have told me, you know, even a couple of years ago when I'm just sitting there just being like, I don't want to go out because I felt disgusting. After you have a kid, you're, you feel massive, you know, even bigger than what I was. And I just, there are some days I'm not going to leave the house because I have nothing to wear. Been like, but how do you feel? But how do you really feel? Like, well, I just had a baby. I feel friggin' yeah. strong. Like, like do you your know body what I mean? is like, amazing. I feel actually quite powerful. Like your body does all these amazing exactly. things. Like, Exactly. So yeah, let's start focusing on how we 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 feel. Do you feel healthy? If you don't, then let's get behind you and start making healthy habits. Then like, actually, I feel tired. All right. Let's, you know, let's drink some more water. Let's do some yoga. Actually, I feel a little pale. Let's get out some sun. Let's do that. But like, oh, actually, I feel like to put some color on my face. Cool. Because that's what you want to do. How do you feel as opposed to how do you right. look? Do you know? And, and that's a struggle. That is such... A, a uphill battle, but all we can do is take it, you know, one question at a time, I think. Just how do you yeah. feel? And <laughs> you know? I don't know. And I think to kind of go back to what you were saying about, like, um, you know, wearing your hair natural and body positivity and all these things, there's been this this push I've seen it called decolonizing your beauty routine, right? Not holding ourselves to these Mm. colonialist standards. I really love it. And there's tied up in it is shaving your body hair, leaving your hair on your face, all these things, right? But I think it's twofold. I feel like it's great and you should embrace who you are naturally. But once we start getting into like Mm -hmm. those of us who are mixed race, there's lots of intersections for us to navigate. We still won't neatly fit into a natural box necessarily. We can decolonize our beauty routines all we want. As a brown girl, 
with hairy armpits, you're seen in a different way than a white girl with hairy armpits, right? Uh, that 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 one is that one is tough. I guess a, a white girl wants to go all natural. She just may just look like you know hippie. She looks like a hippie, or like someone's like they're so edgy or they're feminist or something. Brown or a black girl is hairy, and they're like, uh, she's hairy. <laughs> like you're not like mm-hmm. seen as making a, a feminist statement or something. Mm, that's a whole oh, other bag of tricks. I know. <laughs> what does a feminist look like? Don't we can't even even begin to tiptoe on that. But I don't know. I um, I I have mad love for for women of color and and for white women. I think what I I would love to do is just have like a cohesive freedom. And um, we are seeing that. And I think we can always see more of that. Um, share photos with with your makeup, without your makeup. I know in the summertime, there's been more and more of a push to have, like, especially women of size and people of different color to wear shorts and let your arms show and, and have that freedom of, of showing your body. And I would just encourage other people to do that and give people compliments, not because, oh, you look nice, you look pretty, of just being, like, just... I appreciate you being honest with your body and being transparent. Um, we need more of that transparency. We need people saying, no, no, this is, this is art or this is my body. And this is real. Um, there was one oh, we were talking about earlier before, just like being honest about Photoshopping. Mm-hmm. What was it? I think it was like um, Lup- uh, Lupita. Was it uh, Niango? I totally am probably just butchered yeah, her last name. Her name. She did. She did a cover a little while ago. I should have wrote down the cover of the magazine. Maybe I'll put it up on our Instagram where she's the cover and she's looking fierce. She normally keeps her hair actually quite short in here. She looks like she has beautiful, like, shaved hair. And like I said, flawless. This woman, honestly, like, chiseled from Onyx. Absolutely beautiful. But then she calls out the magazine saying they've actually photoshopped. She had, like, a little um, natural hair, like kind of like a little pony puff mm-hmm. in the back. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't it wasn't completely slick and smooth. It was she had her natural going on, and I guess they edited it out. And I I don't know. And she actually like this is what it actually looked like originally. And she had it up there, and they sh- they sure did it look completely different. Yeah, and not only did they edit the ponytail out, but then they also smoothed out the texture mm-hmm. on the top of her head, they like did. where she, she just has her hair pulled back. I, I don't know. And she is so outspoken about, like, her her natural look, mm-hmm. right? And, like, it's really important to her. So it's also, like, that twofold. Like, not only did they do this, but, like, something that's very important to her. And they just did it. I know. It's beautiful. But I think more of us need to do that of just being like, you know what? Yeah, it's okay to follow these things on, on Instagram and, and on media and Facebook and, and all of this. But it's art. Take it as art. Don't take it as real. Here's what a real body looks mm. like. And take back and reclaim our humanity. We are not size two waist, size 16 on the bottom, making our booties clap with our lip plumpers. That's not who we all are. Let's restore our dignity in, in our beauty and encourage other people to do the same. Let's embrace different hair textures and, and types and brow thicknesses. You, you know, let's 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 do it. And um, I'm excited for what that can do because then there won't be two girls on a podcast talking about why didn't someone tell us about weaves? You know, then they they would have just <laughs> right. enjoyed being young girls instead of being slathering on cocoa butter trying to stay out of the sun. They, they would have enjoyed life a little bit more. Yeah. What would the world look like? <laughs> like <laughs> could you imagine? Gosh. Uh, be so nice. It would have been so, like, I just think about all, like, the, the amount of freedom. And I think that's really what it is, is just reclaiming a little bit of that freedom. My gosh, we might have been really honestly dangerous, Danny, if we weren't so concerned. Yeah. And I feel like, and this is, like, real talk here. Mm. Uh, I... <laughs> Like at every point in my life, like I look back at pictures of my younger self and I'm like, how did I not know like how pretty I was then? Like I'm always like I always feel like I'm not living up to some sort of standard. Mm. And like I look back and I'm like, I was so like, you know, it's like I'm not. I am not traditionally pretty. Like I'm not going to. I'm not even going to hear that. I'm not, but like I'm not I, hearing it. I just, you know, I just wish I could have been 
more comfortable in my own skin. No, same. I mean, that's what I was saying before about like my weight. I look back on it. I'm like, why was I so hard? I should have just had the damn burger. Like why, why was I so hungry for like three years? Just, I should have just relaxed and just embraced. I should have just let my curly hair go. I should have not panicked every time I was at IHOP. Like I should have just enjoyed and worried about how I felt and which at the time I didn't feel healthy because I wouldn't eat. Like, it's just, I wish I could just say, you know, your curly hair is enough. You don't have to rub lemon on your skin to lighten up. You you know what I mean? You don't have to straighten your hair to try to look like everybody else. You can just be and enjoy, read more books, write some poetry, have a laugh, get out yeah. of the mirror. Um, but yeah. Yeah. And I like maybe I wasn't that preoccupied. I don't know. It's I, I think it's just like that voice in the back of your head that's like been put there. I've never been preoccupied enough to like have a beauty routine. <laughs> like, um, I was bothered, so, but just not enough. <laughs> yeah, not enough to do anything about it. <laughs> I don't know. I like I said, I think it's actually quite disciplined. That's why I'm like, I if you do the whole routine, please tell me, teach me your disciplines. Seriously. What's that the big movement of the Korean skincare? What? And what it's are like they a doing? Ten now? step process. Ten steps. It's like a multi Yeah. I'm like I don't even know how there could possibly be that I'm many sorry. steps to I'm washing gonna be your face. So probably racist, but Korea, you guys are so extra. I'm sorry. <laughs> like <laughs> ten. <laughs> you guys always do. You you all always do the most. I'm sorry. I just had to say it. It's not bad. It's not a bad thing. I'm just calling you guys out that everything always has to be over the top. <laughs> <laughs> I blame Korean pop stars. Yeah, they are. Not them. The, <laughs> the managers, the marketers. You're, you're going They're all the way to the top. The <laughs> They're just a brick in the wall, Danny. They're just a brick in the wall. That's 10 steps. Holy cow. I, I, I should look it up because I can't remember <laughs> exactly how many steps it is. Let's see. This podcast took a very weird turn. I know. <laughs> I'm looking it up. Oh, right. yeah. 10-step Korean skincare Girl. is what's coming up All across right. the board. So. Okay. I'm excited. So it's a real. now you have to read it. Okay. Okay. So 10 steps. Yeah. We were going to end this on a silk. Like, we, this is how we, yeah. Now we have to see this is how ridiculous the world's gotten. I'm excited. 10 steps. 10-step Korean skincare regimen. I'm here for it. Step one, oil cleanser. Mm. Okay. So you're, you know, dry skin. You're removing your makeup. Yeah, Bloody block. Yeah, I'm gonna put the oil, gonna yeah. block all those pores. Okay. Get, get that off. Step two, foam cleanser. Okay. So here's where Ooh, because the oil wasn't enough. Yeah. Getting everything that's left over. Okay. Step three, exfoliator. Mm. Gotta get that gunk out of the pores. Completely. Right? Get off that dead skin. Mm, all uh, of it. Step four, toner. Ooh, can't forget more oil. More oil. Tone that skin. Step five, essence. No. And this this is the heart. <laughs> this is the heart of Korean skincare. The essence of what? Okay, here it says. The essence is really the heart of Korean skincare, a step that is credited to their culture. Oh, this is some shady racist shit. Uh, oh. <laughs> It is a treatment product similar to serums, boosters, or but it's more watery in consistency than the rest of the product. So it comes out more like a toner. So I don't understand what step five is. (laughs) It sounds like more water mist, like essence of BS. Because then step six is a serum. But but the booster. other thing was a was a serum like thing. So it's like a pre serum serum. It's a pre serum serum, and then mm. the next one that is a serum that's like specifically dealing with spots or pigmentation. Post serum, okay. Okay. Step seven is the mask. Okay. Step eight is eye cream. All right. That we all need some eye cream. Step nine is face cream. Cool. We don't want and the face to feel neglected. Step 10 is SPF. How could the SPF possibly get to your actual skin after all of know. the serums? That sounds know. so expensive. 
I'm sorry. It's expensive. And like it's going to take hours. That's insane. <laughs> Even talking about it was so long. That's the end of the show now. Now we've seen it. Like, look, we've given you a beauty regimen. And if you can't do it, then we have nothing else to offer you. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. And I kind of wonder how much of it is actually based in an actual Korean thing or if it's just some weird colonialist bullshit. I don't Ooh, know. Ooh, and they're trying to market because we all know that Korea is actually like, oh, if they're doing it, then it's the heat. Right. I mean, their beauty, their beauty industry is just like massive, right? And I feel like mm. they're kind of the pinnacle of beauty products right now. Like, you know. I don't know. Step one, wash our face. Step one. Maybe yeah, I mean, just maybe like, that that should be a challenge to make. I was just about to, to, to say. There we go. There we go. Maybe we should like have a 30 day challenge. We wash our face. Oh, I'm going to up it and put on a moisturizer before we go to bed. We should do some before and after photos. What do you think? Oh, my God. Okay, let's do it. But like, I don't know if I even have enough moisturizer to last 30 days. I don't know. So I guess well, here, we have here we to go. go to the store. Should we wait post Easter so that way we can go ahead? We'll say we'll set a date and we'll take photos sans makeup. And we'll say if actually like washing your face and putting on some moisturizer. What, just before bed? Should we do morning and night? Because we are over 30. Or should we just do night? Uh, let's be realistic. What's going to be <laughs> the most doable for us? I, um, I mean, I think even just doing night would be an improvement. Night. As to I what think- I do. <laughs> so. All right. Night. Night stuff. Okay. 30 days. Listeners, you should play along with us, perhaps. Yes, please. And we can do our, like, and be, and be real, like, the no makeup before, and we'll do the after. Oh, I'm so, I'm both, we'll let you know when we start. Yeah. We will, and we will let you all know so we can all get our moisturizers and our cleaners and our snail and our pre serum serums. <laughs> I can't believe yeah. that. That's this ridiculous. Is, this has become the most ridiculous thing in my life. <laughs> And that's what it's like to be my friend. <laughs> right, Danny, Danny, I have, what is your happy place? We have to eventually end, end yes. this somehow. What is your happy place this week? My happy place this week is also a little bit ridiculous. Amazing. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of twofold. I don't know which part I should distill down to my happy place. So I'll talk about like both things. They're related. So. Okay. Right now is bulb flower season. Yay! Yes. Bulb flowers, Easter flowers are are blooming. And mm. I've never really been a huge flower person, but I do really really like daffodils. Oh, yes. Suisen in Japanese and that and I the Japanese is important because I didn't really think much about them until I lived in Japan. Uh, <laughs> I lived near this this park, not not super near, but within the same prefecture as this park that was just filled with with suisen with daffodils, and it was just like, so beautiful. So every time I see a daffodil, I think of that. And also <laughs> in Japanese in Japan. There's this idea of like the language of flowers, right? Like Aww. unspoken communication with a gift of flowers. Right? Uh, it's called hana kotaba, like uh, flower words. And so, like each flower represents like something else, you know. And we kind of have it in 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 America a little bit. Like red roses are a romantic gift, right? You wouldn't Mm. get like red roses for anyone unless it was like a romantic thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And I know like there's the whole Victorian language of flowers, but uh, in in Japan, I think it's a little bit more widespread, but it's also something Mm. that's kind of dying off a little is my impression of it. Uh, So like suisen, uh, daffodils, what they communicate is respect which Ooh. I think is is so sexy. So when my husband gave me a daffodil the other day, because he knows I love them, like all I could think was like how much he respects me. And it was very sexy. Oh, that is really like, dang, I like that. Well, in England, they're, it's like spring. You will see them everywhere. 
everywhere mm. for spring. And so I'm just like, I'm like, mm, look at all this respect coming out of that cold winter ground. I totally yeah. dig. I'm so glad that you told me that because that has made my day. Yeah, it's Night. cool. And like a couple others to keep in mind, I think, um, okay. should you need to communicate something. Yellow roses mean jealousy, which I think is kind of funny. <laughs> Can you imagine sending someone just sending that? Like, that's a lot better yeah. than just like an email. Right. Lavender is like distrust, <laughs> which I also what? like. It's supposed to be so calming. I know. That's the, that's what I love. And like I I said at the top, I want to be a person who smells good. I do sometimes, I don't wear perfume, but I do sometimes wear lavender essential oil. So now it's like, am I just like spreading waves of distrust everywhere I go? I, I love that. Yeah, I actually have lavender tattooed on me. <laughs> nice. Yeah, my only my only flower tattoo is um, a camellia, like the tea plant, the plant that oh, tea yes. is made of. That is a sexy tattoo. Yeah, and I think it means it means waiting. And I'm like, what oh. does that even mean? I don't I'm even just, know. I'm just waiting. I'm waiting to find out what it means. <laughs> <laughs> and when it fits, it fits. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that's my my happy place. <laughs> Amazing. It's kind of dorky. Fields, no, I love it. Fields of Respect is the name of our sophomore album. Perfect. I love it. What's <laughs> what's your happy place this week, Mika? So you know, you know how we talked all that all that all that junk about the Lion King and everything? So <laughs> with that being said, no. So we did and we we resolved our feelings with Lion King. Anyway, so my daughter turned 5. And my daughter doesn't need any more stuff. Like, I'm just not a big, I'm, I'm just over stuff. I know that sounds so Yeah. Vague. Preach I'm it. Just over, I love it. I'm just, yeah, I'm over just like stuff, stuff. And like I said, my child has enough stuff. And so people are like, what do you want us to get her? I'm like, a book or nothing. I will make another room for books. But she doesn't need anything. And I'm teaching her she doesn't need, but I'd rather have experiences. And so um, I think she was old enough to go to a musical. I'm like, what's a good musical? The Lion King. Guess what's playing in London? The Lion King. So I took my daughter. We did the whole train to London. We went and ate sushi, which she loves. And we went to go see her first musical and play was The Lion King. Oh, how cool that it was her first play. Like, I know. Awesome, awesome show to be your first play. I know. And you know what? She's like I said, she's like she's a really I'm incredibly spoiled. She's a really well behaved kid. But let me tell you, so my happy place is not only just that, because I've actually seen The Lion King before, me watching her, I must have missed half of the show, both my husband and I, we both must have missed half of it because we couldn't take our eyes off of her watching it. And, you know, like, I'm, we're, we're theater nerds, so this was even a bigger deal to me. And for someone, you know, who, who majored in musical theater, I'm just watching her experience something as beautiful. And of course, especially like during like the different languages of, you know, African influences and dancers and her saying like every, like all the different color skin, like she commented, like everyone had different color skin. Cause she's not used to seeing that on a mm-hmm. stage. She just like, she just didn't want to blink. And I lived, I lived, I was just like, I let my heart was just busting into a thousand pieces. So if you want to have absolute joy, watch a child, watch a show like and take your kids to theaters and stop buying them stuff. I'm being bossy now. <laughs> but like, do you know what I mean? Like, do you remember what you got for your fifth birthday? Mm-hmm. My sister was born. <laughs> but Aww. I guess that was before my birthday. Uh, the gift that keeps on giving. Oh. <laughs> It's amazing. Actually, it's actually really sweet. But I just thought you should hopefully she'll remember this for a long, long time. But yeah, it was such a cool, amazing, amazing experience just to let her and she's talking. She talks about all the time. She couldn't wait to tell her class. (laughs) She was just like anybody she meets. She goes, yep, I went to go see The Lion King. It was just really it was super cute. Awesome. That sounds like a really great, a great gift. Mm, I hope so, because I had to sell my kidney for those tickets, girl. Oh, <laughs> experiences right. don't come cheap. That's ridiculous. Everyone it's keeps true. their liver clean. But it's yeah, true. <laughs> cool. So some musicals and flowers. Everything's all musicals and flowers. Wow, that was week. a really cheery one. 
cheery, like happy. There's like a really, really happy place. This right. Week. I didn't even talk about serial killers once until now. Aww. <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, that's all for this week, but we'll be back with a full episode in two weeks. Uh, we're going to put out another mini episode next week. And in the meantime, if you'd like to follow us on social media, we're on Instagram and Facebook at Biracial Unicorns. Um, We're also at Twitter at Biracial Magic. Yeah. So once again, that's at Biracial Magic. You should come find us because I might not be able to find you. Yeah. Give us uh, your tips for Twitter. We don't know what we're doing. We really don't. I've never felt more ancient. So yeah. Give the girl some help. Also, thanks to Dolly Pop Art for our beautiful logo that we use mm-hmm. as our artwork. And thanks to Joseph Scott of Citizens at Tape City for our intro and outro music. You should follow both of them on Instagram or Facebook or wherever you like to connect with your artists because they are great. Awesome. And that's it. If you'd like to let us know what you think of this episode, you should do so. You could do so on the aforementioned social media, or you can send us an email, (laughs) biracialunicorns at gmail.com. We are also always open and looking for your questions or your topics that you would like us to cover on this show. We can't stress enough how much we really love uh, having it be a dialogue so we love to hear Mm -hmm. from you and we love for your input as well make sure you subscribe to us and you should probably also get your friends to subscribe to us i mean yeah i mean you can't share this just to yourself like that's true you know what i mean how can else can you describe the ridiculousness if they're also not listening But for for the people who have listened and given us some really awesome feedback, we really appreciate it. We do read them and we're so encouraged by them and it makes us just want to keep going. And um, yeah, so please leave your comments, send us messages. Um, Even if you disagree with us, I think that's, we always talk about growth. That's important as well. So yeah, we're big girls. We can take it. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, that's all. We'll be back next week with a mini episode and in two weeks with a full episode. So until then, peace out.